boys have you seen? Uh, we had some breaking news that oh. popped up in the Goosebuds Discord. Oh, no. Oh. Some horrible, horrible crime has happened. Oh, what? <laughs> and I don't know if you recall, this is in the, the pre-Kevin era, the, the Dom era. PK. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we riffed about a, a a sitcom or i guess a reality show oh yeah called mm-hmm. secretly shack of course of course secretly shack oh yes i edited that episode yeah kevin you were there spiritually and in the in sort the, of you were in the pipes and you know what was our, our general premise of shack will mm-hmm. be clearly shack in a bad disguise going around and you have to guess that he's shack but also shack will deny himself <laughs> yeah three times Thrice. Three times. <laughs> yeah. Much like what was not Judas. Peter, Peter, Peter denies Peter, Jesus three Peter times. Peter denied Jesus three times. <laughs> and what has come out from a uh, nefarious pizza chain, Papa John's, but a Papa John's commercial that is literally secretly Shaq. I'm convinced they stole this. <laughs> Have from you guys us. seen this? Yeah, they stole it. Have you guys seen this shit? It's, there's no there's no amount of synergy. There's no amount of uh, synchronicity in the universe that would create this without someone on the marketing team hearing us talking about this. There's no yeah. way. Yeah, I get that Shaq is the now spokesman of Papa John's because real Papa John is a is a monster. Mm-hmm. But instead, just, I don't know, like, I'm mad. I'm just real mad about it. I walked to the 15-second commercial, mm-hmm. and... That's secretly Shaq. So does he deny <laughs> yeah. being Shaq? And I don't, I don't, I'd watch it right now, but I, you know, I, I'm listening to you guys. They, they cut all of it out. They cut the, all right. So Shaq, wa- it's 15 seconds. Shaq walks okay. in wearing a mm-hmm. blonde yeah. wig and a mustache. Mm-hmm. Everyone is stunned. Also, mm-hmm. clearly all of these Papa John's employees are new about this ahead of time because cameras are set up behind the scenes. Right, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shaq a very in. important customer is coming in today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, we've all put makeup on all of you, but don't 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 act surprised or act surprised mm-hmm. when he comes in. Shaq walks in, takes off his prospector goggles, and says, "Hello, looking for the epic stuffed crust pizza you guys all serve here." And they're just stunned, and then going, "You guys got me. I'm Shaq." What? what? You just jump in across the entire game of the show. You skip the denials. You skip the denial. You skip the people questioning it. Secretly, Shaq is a show about perseverance. <laughs> honesty, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, honesty, mm-hmm. and coming to your own conclusions, and they took out all of those elements. It's also about gaslighting and like, gaslighting. <laughs> <laughs> but I think my biggest problem with uh, this this lesser secretly Shaq is that I always pictured Shaq having a more high concept disguise. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, like, this is this is just Shaq in a wig. I pictured like. Shaq as a baby or like right Shaq Shaq as like a, an old woman knitting in the middle in the corner of the store like Shaq as a massive dog yeah yeah like a big like a <laughs> like, big shaggy dog he comes in as you know he's riding a big shaggy dog he's like riding a, horse. a big shaggy dog wow that would have to be a very large dog <laughs> yeah it's a Clifford maybe it's like one of those costumes where it looks like he's riding the dog but really he's powering the dog and and the tiny human on top you know that's for the special bonus episode where you have to both deny that that's Shaq and also deny that that's not a real dog. Right. That's double but, denial. But, you know, high, like high concept stuff. Like like he's supposed to be something. And this is just Shaq in a wig. Like, clearly, clearly they did not give the art department much resources for this. Clearly, yeah, clearly, pro- clearly props and 
props and costumes did not get any sort of budget because they have what is that like a like a grunge wig that he's wearing like a 90s grunge wig yeah cobain-esque yeah it's very cobain-esque uh just all these comments on this youtube video lol i love Shaq. you got me no you didn't if you fell for this <laughs> if you fell for this in five to ten seconds Maybe. i i doubt I doubt our education system. Maybe we need to use this as like a, like be like, hey, we're going to do this, but there's going to be gaslighting. And we take this out as like a pitch doc, you know? <laughs> because people apparently, we've already proven the proof of concept is there. They love it. The people love it. Is Papa John's just the scummiest pizza chain in America? Absolutely. Especially after this. Just, I don't know. There's something so bad. It's gross. This is, this is it. This is what, what broke Papa John's for you, not all <laughs> well, the other it was, it was shit. already all of the Papa, all of the yep. titular Papa's actions. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we got to, you know, we got to save face by bringing in everyone's most beloved person, Shaquille O'Neal, the man mm-hmm. who couldn't shoot a free throw to save his life. Mm-hmm. Whoa. And then he does this. He does this intellectual theft, and I don't know. <laughs> it took it, be, it took it getting personal for you to really be pushed over the edge. Yeah, you know, no, yeah. I don't want to be, I don't make it sound like Papa John saying racist things was oh, still okay with me. I was already over Papa. <laughs> Papa was no longer in my house. But now it's personal. But now it's personal, and now I have a bone to pick with Shaq. Chad, I, I think we know exactly what needs to be done here, which is... We need to have a free throw contest between you and Shaq yes. for the soul of secretly Shaq. Yeah. Oh, I better start practicing. You got a you got a driveway, right? You can start. You can set up a little net and start yeah, shooting. Yeah, I can right? go get a. I can get a gorilla. Uh, what was the brand we always had in Indiana? It was like gorilla. It was like a slam dunk gorilla. It was the the glass. <laughs> well, like the Phoenix Sun gorilla branded basketball net. Yeah, the, yeah, maybe you're referencing one. There was just a company that was like Gorilla Jam or something, and it was like that's the '90s shit. Like a basketball net already fucking rules. You don't need a cool <laughs> slamming gorilla to make me want to play around on a basketball net, you know? Like, <laughs> but in the '90s, it was like I don't know, fucking throw an extreme gorilla on that shit. Oh my god, I just saw the picture of him with the mustache. <laughs> I hadn't watched the video yet. He looks like he doesn't know if he's Shaq. No, the, mm. they they maybe okay. Here's an alternate version of secretly Shaq. Okay, I'm not. I don't want to give Papa John some more ideas, but just based on the way this, this no, 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 no. Feed them the ideas, see if they use them, <laughs> and then we know. If we get them twice, then I think we have a, a legal case. Yeah. The the way of how disheveled Shaq looks like in this commercial, mm-hmm. I'd yeah. say the other version of secretly Shaq is you kidnap Shaq. Right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you give him some sort of amnesia drugs. Yeah, yeah, and and dress him up and put him in random places and going. This is where you've always been. This is your home. This is your home. Your name is Brian, <laughs> and then, and then Shaq doesn't know he's secretly Shaq, and he has to kind of like piece it together, kind of like Memento that he used to be. Like he sees a basketball game on TV. He's like, who's that? Why Something do I know so much about this sport? <laughs> so this is, this is more finding Shaq. Finding Shaq. That's the next <laughs> the next stage. <laughs> Remember the second book of the trilogy. <laughs> Remembering Shaq. That'll be the third. That's the third iteration. Or is it just I am Shaq? <laughs> that's, fine. that's when he emerges and he's he's back and he just plays basketball again. <laughs> it's not a big and, and dominates. <laughs> 
Maybe and maybe also, when you defeat him in that free throw competition, mm-hmm. maybe that will drive him mm-hmm. to finally get his free throw game up to snuff. In which in which case he can return to the NBA and dominate. Sure, maybe I was thinking after I beat him in basketball, I'm going to steal his basketball power like Space Jam. But that's fine, I can do that. Too. Oh, you'll get the rest of the powers. He'll just have the free yeah. throws. <laughs> yeah, he can keep the free throws. I'll transfer my good three throws. For yeah, for the rest of his basketball skills, which was just being a big man, being large and dominant. Yeah, very strong, <laughs> strong and large. It's gonna warn you, Shaq. I I had like an eighty percent percentile from free throws because my dad made me work on them. Woo! So better watch out. Damn, the gorilla slammer really got it. Got a workout from you. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. also like. I'll be honest, I'm kind of still secretly scared that the last thing we heard from the original Papa John Shatter or whatever his stupid poop sounding name was, is. Was hoop job gob in his drunken <laughs> stupor that we found we saw him in? <laughs> that, but also remember he said in the interview there will be a reckoning? <laughs> I did not remember. This is it. <laughs> yeah. It was a person oh my god, that was an attack on us. Yeah, it was an attack on us. I thought maybe it was like COVID, but no, it was on us. No, it was us. It was this. <laughs> you know what we have to have a reckoning with? Invisible people that are ruining our lives. Oh well, my God. Excellent transition. <laughs> we need to reckon with that because apparently it's a real threat. This book was fucking terrible. Fucking. <laughs> this was a- Awful, abysmal bug. Kevin, have we read one? We've read at least one good Goosebumps since you became a full-time member of the show, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. There was one we liked. Yeah. I think we started on a hideout with, um, well, Camp Cold Lake was okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. That one was because they had motorboat ghost in it. Oh, that was, was your first one Della? No. No, that was my first one. Cold Lake, Cry the Cat. Cry the Cat was amazing. Cry the Cat was awesome. Cry the Cat was pretty cool. Cry the Cat was the good one. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like, and and I think we all agreed that How I Learned to Fly was pretty good too. Yeah. Oh yeah, that one was good, but it wasn't a horror story. It was like a superhero story. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was superhero story with some like deep, uh, deep like child philosophy inside of it. Yeah. 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 But we've really been on a, a stink roll. I feel like I'm Jesse Pinkman. We are Jesse Pinkman, and uh-huh. RL is Brian Cranston's mm-hmm. uh, Heisenberg. Mm-hmm. And just like he can't keep getting away with it. And this one, <laughs> this one, he he did the greatest hits of of his bullshit. Truly, the greatest hits of his bullshit. Let's let's talk about this book a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's this stupid kid's name? Sammy. Yes. Um, hold on, let me check. Yep. Yeah. Appar- apparently, yes. His name is Sammy Jacobs. Sammy. Sammy, Sammy Hagar Jacobs. <laughs> And Sammy lives with his his parents and his younger brother Simon Belmont. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> yep Simon per- Belmont. I mean, perfect perfect child Simon Belmont who makes his bed and loves doing science experiments. I like Simon a lot. <laughs> really, Simon stank, Chad. Are you really wrong, no? Simon? I don't know. It's just whenever like a kid's just minding his own business and doing his thing, I don't hate the kid. That kid's gonna be a serial killer. That kid's like <laughs> measuring his own body <laughs> out of curiosity. He devised a way to measure his fingernails, which isn't—I don't even understand how that could possibly happen. Uh, how could he possibly? <laughs> I just pictured he was taking measuring tape, going, "Yep, still quarter inch." Got it. Like he was just doing that. that level. That level of a minu- minutia and detail is definitely sociopath level for sure. Yeah. Yep. yep. He's gonna be eating people. I didn't like him because of how how much he had his shit together. 
Remember that yeah. he, Sammy's talking about him, and Sammy doesn't like him for the same reasons. Because apparently, whenever his parents ask him if he wants to do something fun like a normal child would do, he says, of course not. Oh, yeah, of course not is his catchphrase, yeah. Would you like to watch TV? Of course not. I hate that kid. I hated that kid. This one starts out with Sammy and Simon eating dinner, eating green beans mm-hmm. and spaghetti, a very normal human dinner. <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck is spaghetti and screen beans? I didn't beans? understand that combination ever at all. Spaghetti is takes up the entire meal when you have spaghetti. But it's still a very normal human dinner. And I say human very purposefully. Oh, oh, was that a was that foreshadowing? No, I don't think so. No, Kevin, don't give him credit. So they're eating a very normal human dinner, having very normal human conversation, right? Yeah. And we we start off it's greatest hits, baby. Aloof parents not listening to the kids. Uh-huh. Younger sibling being annoying. And they fake out. They fake they do a fake out, right? Where you think maybe Simon is drawing parent aggro for a brief moment, right? Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then quickly we're we are subverted back into the standard RL trope of parents, you know, steaming the kid off, which he's which is a, a great phrase that I had to jot down. Was I steamed? Take a guess. <laughs> Steam means angry for the listeners who didn't read. It's it's pissed. They couldn't say pissed. Couldn't say so pissed. So he said steamed. Yeah, steamed. I'm I am royally steamed. My piss is really steaming out of my dick right now. God, can you imagine <laughs> that hot of piss and it just hits when it hits, it hits you at steams? Oh my god! Your dick tip is whistling like a kettle. That's a Resident Evil monster right there. Yeah. <laughs> We've all taken a hot piss in anger. <laughs> a hot anger piss, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. If he ever. That's such a good, like, legendary meme dad thing to do that when he'd piss, it was just hot. <laughs> just hot, steamy piss. He's real bad. We've all had our dads pull over on a on a road trip where we were grab-assing in the back seat. And he's like, <laughs> I'm pulling over and taking a hot piss on the side of the road. <laughs> and the steam's so bad a car crashes nearby. <laughs> You wait in silence as steam rises from the tree your dad has walked behind. The windows are fogged like you're in the mist, just like, oh, dad's really, dad's really mad. I just imagine the 1950s, the interstate system is being born and and dads are hot pissing all over the country. Hot anger pissing all over the country. Uh, some say that's what first put the hole in the ozone layer is just all that hot steam piss. <laughs> that was the thing. It's true. Uh, this book doesn't have much. That's why we're hot pissing. <laughs> so this kid is angry, and rightfully so. Would you guys agree? Um, uh, his parents are the worst. They totally ignore him. They're scientists, and they they study light and lasers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And they bring their work home with them. Right. Yeah, and. It's a little creepy, it's creepy. Uh, but portrayed as more annoying than anything. Right. I, I kind of thought it was cute that they were doing math for each other on that the table. Was, they did have a good relationship. They just didn't have a good relationship with their children. Yeah, they're good. They're a good couple, not good parents. Yes. yes. Yeah, they should not have been parents. Yeah. <laughs> Dad should have taken a couple extra hot pisses instead of going and having kids. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that. All of Sammy's problems are him acting out because he's not being paid attention to. That's all I think. I don't think he had anything he did. I don't think Sammy did. Sammy did nothing wrong. I'll say it right now. I'm going to put it out on the top. Sammy did nothing wrong here. Um, Sammy hmm. sucks, though. <laughs> he does. Sammy plays all of his cards in the cor- the wrong order. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. he constantly, like, this book has a lot of, like, conveniences, right? Like, uh-huh. the... Mm. 
you know, you, there's a thing in uh, a thing in storytelling where like you can do conveniences, but once you have more than like one or two in a story, it starts to kind of feel like, well, now we're, every character's just on rails running into like the fact that the parents are specifically developing uh-huh. a molecular detection light. Yes. Which we, is the most like it's broad. We don't understand the concept at all. It just will just see invisible things. Basically. The the fact that this book is my invisible, my best friend is invisible, and that we are given yeah. the information about the molecular detector light within the first couple yeah. chapters is such an obvious. Here's the device that solves the problem, right? Yeah, it's like beyond a Chekhov's gun. It's just yes. like I don't know. It's so it felt so blatantly just it's only used for this. I, I would say you can do that, like have the molecular detector light mm-hmm. and like pull it in Bruges and break it or something like that. Right. Before, uh-huh. like, it's the obvious solution. And then like you just like wave it around in front of your audience and then you break it before it can be useful. Exactly. Totally. Exactly. That's what you needed in this because we were so, so far ahead of Sammy, right? Like as a reader, you like know you know the solution. You see him not doing the solution, and you're like it's in the basement, Sammy. Just go to the basement, get the thing, point it in your room. You're it's good. right there. The thing that pisses me off about the molecular detection light, mm-hmm. it's there because he thinks the kids reading this book are stupid. Uh-huh. And they'll be like, oh, <laughs> the molecular detection light. Why didn't I think of that? That was such a great way to bring that little detail back. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's a lot of that. And I also felt like, I don't know, when I was reading this one, and Maybe I've thought about this every time I've read one of these Goosebumps books as an adult, but I was reading it, and, like, again, in terms of, like, intelligence of the reader, I was like, did I ever fall for these cliffhangers? Did I? Like, I was, like, literally this time, like, I was reading it this time, and I was like, did did these even fool me as a child? I don't think so. I, I don't know if this one even had, like, this one had really weird cliffhangers. They're all the standard beats, but just, like, a lot of... Kind of just the scene ends with not even clear. Yeah. I'm just like, and right. I, I ran, and then I opened a door. Right. Yeah, some of the chapter breaks are more just scene changes. Yeah. Like, it's not even, like, something you need a chapter break for. It's something you need a paragraph break for. Right. Which I found, right. I guess I found refreshing that there wasn't the fake-out cliffhangers as much. But yeah, particularly, Paul, in way, like, all of these beats are like, oh, no. Like, so the, the other, the big convenience that, that really, like felt like almost too much mm-hmm. of was sure I'll buy that these these parents happen to be high-tech inventors who are mm-hmm. in creating specifically invisible thing detections mm-hmm. sure this invisible boy picked the wrong house to try to stay in uh-huh but like then it was also that like meanwhile in the very first couple chapters uh was it Rebecca the Roxanne Roxanne thank you uh Roxanne you know Sammy's real best friend supposed best friend supposed best friend even though they don't like each other at all they're frenemies for sure yeah uh, is like hey you and i are both gonna go see this ghost movie right which Mm -hmm. never comes into play they never go see that ghost movie yeah but they talk about a lot instead let's go do a report on a haunted house for our english class sure fine it's a science project chad was that the one the science project (laughs) i swear she said english at the beginning i was like what the hell is that it was because he he drops a bunch of science uh, of like regular science project ideas and then she drops that and you're like girl you don't know that's not what science is that's no they're not gonna let you do that that's a kevin cole ass science project i was the worst science student in the entire world kevin me too (laughs) Good. I feel like being a kid going, I'm going to try to do like a paranormal thing and prove it at least. I don't know. That's that's something I would I would have I was supported you, Kevin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I And we didn't get that support. But, you know, I think I felt that support 
deeply as a child. I felt yeah. from afar. I, I felt I felt the warmth of Chad. A future friend is behind me right now. <laughs> a future friend. Oh, that's a great. That's great. I love that. I like that. Yeah. It, well, it's it's just it was something about like in the first couple of chapters, Roxanne is saying we're gonna go to this house, right? And mm. and I want you to get footage of a real life ghosts, and then like that keeps coming up, and then Sammy just never goes. Well, I have this invisible boy who's hanging out with me. Right. I could put two and two together and really make some money here. <laughs> really get some cash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't seem too cash motivated. There, there was something like halfway through this book where I, I actually thought maybe it was going somewhere into like the the upper echelon of, uh, mm-hmm. of Goosebumps books. Where, like, really? Okay. Well, only in that like my limited memory of invisible men's stories right mm-hmm. i hate that my my most prevalent one is hollow man that's the one i saw as a kid and mm-hmm. just really stuck in my brain that's a fucking fucked up weird movie with kevin bacon killing a cat mm-hmm. but like there's something about the the actual horror idea of an invisible person where you don't know they're there and could be possessive this is kind of what i assume is in that Eliz- uh invisible man one that that came out last year watched it it absolutely is and i think this book and I think you guys will agree with me, hits a lot of what what is really scary about that is the abuse angle of it, right? And like, yeah, Yeah. this book is, there's some serious child-on-child abuse in this book. Oh my God, yes, yeah. Like serious, like child abuse. Yeah, that's that's the part where I was like, okay, this is getting maybe a little scary in that like, if if we're burying the lead, it's just that, Sammy is a boy who starts noticing that things are are weird or he's mm-hmm. tripped or there's spaghetti in his bed mm-hmm. because this invisible boy eats like a monster, but yes. he isn't a monster. Yes. Um, or is he? Or is he? And then the boy just goes like, and the invisible is like, hey, I'm, is his name Brent? It's Brent because I kept thinking of Brent Spiner. In my mind, this ghost <laughs> was Brent Spiner. <laughs> <laughs> it's 55 year old Brent Spiner. It's a little boy, like, yeah, a li- like a like a yep. fully grown man shrunk to the size of a little boy of Brent Spiner. <laughs> well, he seemed he's described in such a way where I was like, I think this person's really strong. Like, yes. Um and it made me go like maybe there's something about a invisible human who doesn't have like social skills that is mm-hmm. very terrifying. He described like Brent early on when he kind of reveals himself to to Sammy is like Oh, my parents made me invisible uh, mm. so that no one would see me. And, like, I don't know where my parents are. I don't remember where I came from. It's kind of, mm. me, I just forgot everything. Right. Um, so, just, like, briefly hopping back to, like, Invisible Man stories. Yes, please. Uh, the This sort of trope is as old as Plato, at least. Uh, uh-huh. Plato wrote about the Ring of Gyges, which was a magic Ooh. ring that would turn you invisible. Uh, but he was writing it, it about... Uh, accountability like if if a person has no accountability if they can't be held responsible for their actions then they will uh naturally become a monster okay the only thing that keeps us plato thinks the only thing that keeps us good is the fact that we're observed and people remember the shit we pull huh it's almost (laughs) like that's how the internet works (laughs) (laughs) that's that's really insightful kevin because i I was kind of struggling as I was reading this book to think about, like, if this was just my personal opinion, but I felt like invisible stories, uh-huh. my memory, I was like, maybe I've only ever just seen, like, like pervy, fucked up invisible stories or something, but was, like, it's always used for bad 
intentions. Right. There's never like yeah. whenever early on and like even like high school and college, you meet new people. People are like, "What's your favorite superpower?" If someone said, "I want to be invisible," I'm like, "Don't trust that fucking person." Yeah, that person's got <laughs> evil evil plans for sure. There's no yeah good ways to use invisibility other than tripping a bank robber. That is the only thing you can do. <laughs> If, or helping a bank robber, depending on how you feel about the bank. More likely you're going to use it for crime because the, the general perk of invisibility is you can get away with something exactly how you described, Kevin. I'm glad that Plato backs this up. That's why, you know, invisible people are so scary. It's because they can get away with anything. And that's why there's this weird power dynamic between uh, Brent and uh, Sammy because mm-hmm. Brent is accountable for nothing and Sammy gets blamed for everything. Right, right. And that's a and that's like the classic goosebumps trope, right? Mm. His, his little kid mm. gets blamed for everything. And I think that's what's really frustrating about this book is because we've seen this trope so many times, right? Yeah. And you just want to see a little bit more proactive action on Sammy's part in this book. And you do not sure. get that. As opposed mm. yeah, and anything beyond Sammy's main play when he wants someone else to believe him is Quick, look over there, look over there. And then, you know, that gives Brent enough time to stop doing whatever the fuck he's doing. Right, right. Yeah. So, it, but it's never like all of the other tropes from Invisible Stories, right? There's never a try to catch him mm-hmm. on camera, throw paint somewhere to get right. paint on him. Right. Like, all of these things, and, and literally Sammy just constantly goes like, please believe me, there's an invisible person. There's Dude, just nothing. The one piece of proof that like was just so astound- astoundingly stupid to me was at one point he comes down to breakfast to eat his cereal and the cereal is eaten already and he thinks that his uh-huh. little brother ate it or his dad ate it. And then his mm-hmm. mom's like, it's not what he ate, your cereal, you idiot. Just go sit down and eat your, I'm pour another bowl, eat just some cereal. And he's like, no, mom, look, the spoon is on the left side of the bowl. I, you know me, <laughs> I classic, cl- classic Sammy always puts his spoon on the right side of the bowl. <laughs> I hated that moment. I hated it so much. It was so <laughs> mundane and such a little piece of minutia, and I fucking hated it for some reason. It's it's kind of weird, like the little quirks about Brent. Like he needs food. Like he eats a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He's, Mm-hmm. He's always hot, like he's opening windows and stuff, because like he's burning up. Yep. Like there's some like invisibility side effects that make it a little interesting. Uh huh. That, that, that's like the condition that goes along with being invisible. Well, I'll say this. Now, now, Kevin, you're talking about maybe it's invisibility related. I think maybe there's some, and I, this is me totally adding a layer that's not there and uh, is giving me some more yep. credit than it deserves. I think maybe there's an environmental reason for these things, Kevin. Oh, we'll get okay. there. We'll All get right. there. We'll get there. Okay, you're going way deeper than I was. I I just honestly felt like not necessarily the physical violence aspect, but in terms of Brent being always hungry and getting really hot mm. and sweaty and not knowing his own strength a couple of times, I'm like, is this me? Is this teen? Is this teenage me? <laughs> is this little Chad? Like I at one point I thought you were gonna see Brent by just his like sweat persip- like perspiring on his forehead. I was like, is this just like a big awkward invisible me that just trying to find a friend? I'm like, oh no, it's not. But he's like, he's really a hungry boy. What was the dirt so, the dirty character the dusty dirty character from uh, Peanuts? Uh, Pigpen. Uh, Pigpen. Pigpen. 
Yeah, like you think like he just has like a pig pen level like 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 wetness that he just leaves around everywhere he's going. Is that what you're imagining? <laughs> yeah, because at some point, listen, in every invisible story, you start to you start to ask questions of logic, like what exactly is invisible? He says, Brent says very clearly, and I appreciate they brought it up. One of the first questions Sammy asks, "Are you naked?" Yeah, the smartest <laughs> thing Sammy's asked. It was what was on. It was what was on all of our minds for sure. Yeah, and Brent goes, "No worry, my parents made my clothes invisible too." I'm like, sure, fine, that's very hand wavy, but whatever, sure. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. But then, like, at some point, you know, I always go like, "What when things come out of the invisible body?" Right? Do they stay invisible? <laughs> mm-hmm. Does it mean takes a poop? Does the poop stay invisible? I need to know. Mm. <laughs> Well, he does touch on that because in the beginning of the book, for some reason, he's thinking about how he would love to be invisible. Although all of Sammy's actions are crying for attention. So I don't think he wants to be invisible. I do not believe that, yeah. this, that this boy wants to be invisible. Uh, he does think about, oh, man, I saw the, this movie about the invisible man and he ate some food. And you could see it digesting in his stomach. But mm-hmm. later in the book, uh, Brent is eating some pizza and it goes into his body and disappears. Oh, yes. Okay, before we before we get to the pizza scene, which I, I really do want to talk about. Okay, okay. Um, I have to talk about the chalkboard scene. Yes. This is before we even know Brent's name. Scariest scene of the book. Scariest scene of the book. Like, RL kind of gets one, uh, like, actual scare per book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the chalkboard scene is horrifying. Yes. Yeah. Because he focuses on hot breath mm-hmm. on, on Sammy's face. Because, okay, so... Uh, Sammy's going up to the chalkboard in math class, and he doesn't know what the problem is. And while he's up at the chalkboard, he feels tight hands around his hand, and he's bolted in place, and he can feel hot breath on his face. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's uh, it's Brent who we don't we don't know Brent's name yet, right. but it's Brent uh, moving uh, Sammy's hand to do the math problem. Right, mm-hmm. and this interaction is so painful like physically painful and confusing and weird that sammy sprints from the math screams and sprints from <laughs> yeah. The math class, yeah this is some hereditary looking in the in the in the in the reflection shit i kevin it scared the hell because he goes into the hallway and he has like a nervous breakdown in the hallway yeah yeah it's great. It, it, that part was legitimately scary. That part's great. Also, just want to pull out that small detail that stood out to me afterwards when the teacher comes and checks on him. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and and Sammy's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just freaking out because I, you know, I didn't have any breakfast." Mm-hmm. And says the teacher sent him to the cafeteria to have something to eat. I'm like, "Wait, is that a thing that we could have just done all the time? Could we have <laughs> just told the teacher we were hungry and we go get snacks <laughs> and we get more food?" Oh no, no. No, that, that, no, no, no. They, they won't even give, no. like, free food to kids who need it. Chad, that is the saddest, most salient point <laughs> I think you've ever made on this podcast. <laughs> I think best case scenario, you'd be sent to the nurse, and the nurse would give you, like, food that she had to pay for. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's what it'd always be. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the little person would have to step up in this situation, for sure. Mm-hmm. I did like that the teacher showed some empathy. In fact, two teachers show empathy to Sammy in this book, and it's nice. Yeah. It's very mm-hmm. nice. They both, they do not treat him poorly. They say, wow, man, you seem really fucked up right now. <laughs> you know, It's a nice contrast to his horrible parents. Absolutely. His horrible, aloof parents, for sure. Mm. Um, Kevin, I'm with you though. That scene, that scene I wrote down was the scariest scene. It was just like, it was it, it, like you said, it didn't play on what is happening. It was truly just 
we were taken into the interior interiority of yeah. Sammy in that moment, and and we were there living with him in his anxiety. Yeah, uh, I I wrote down for that scene weirdly sexual chalkboards. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, I was like I, in my mind, not to be too graphic, like Brent was mounting Sammy to do that. Is how I was picturing it, <laughs> and we don't know uh, the physical uh, stature of Sammy. Uh, which again, mm-hmm. it will be something that is revealed at the end of the book, but, uh, yep. maybe that was necessary for this. Cause there's a later scene that involves a very physical sexual type thing. Yeah. Well, I, at this point I was, I was starting to assume like by the time of the big race, also just another thing that's been this, this boy, Sammy's got a lot of stuff going on, right? He's got yeah. a movie he's got to go see. He never goes see. He's got a, Engl- mm. a science slash. I still swear he says English science, English report. It's not. It's science. Ghost. I'm sorry. <laughs> Chad, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but it is a science report. I will find it later and then ask Kevin to cut my big stand Chad, out of this episode. Chad, guess what? You've been on Secretly Science, and you've made oh. us deny it three times. It was an English report. <laughs> this is this is my Picard's four lights. There are four shacks. There are four. There are four. I see four shacks before me. Um, there's the big event where it's the inter high school. Olympics, sure, not a thing. Yeah, you could just say track meet, but mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. RL didn't know what sports was. It sounds cooler when he says the Inter High School Olympics. It... <laughs> yeah, like okay, sure. Are you guys doing the decathlon? I don't understand. This is marketing, and, Chad, mm-hmm. and that's what RL truly excelled at was marketing. Sure, sure, mm. sure, sure, sure. Um, during the big race, after Sammy's told Brett multiple times to leave him alone. Brent just kind of like assaults him during the race. Yeah, so here's the here's the confusing part, and especially during this race, I can't tell in the beginning of this book if Brent is an antagonist or or trying to be helpful to Sammy. Uh, yeah, if he's trying to be helpful, he sucks at it. Yeah, yeah. There's something about like all the things he does in the beginning are actively hurting Sammy. Of like yep. opening the window so it blows mm-hmm. everything out of the house. The food, but like the food in the bed that's the first thing that gets Sammy in trouble is described as if like you were intentionally trying to hurt someone. Yes. Just like, like mm-hmm. raw food in the bed sheets, like peanut butter and jelly all over the floor. I'm like, I don't think that's what a, a kid who's trying to eat would do. That's a, like a sabotage. Yeah, it seems sabotage So that was, it was confusing. There was really like, it. I, maybe it's purposeful misdirection, but it was so misdirected that I truly did not know how to read the situation. And speaking of food, the pizza scene where um, yeah. Red is is like eating pizza, where we see like the first overt sign of invisible kid, mm-hmm. like the floating pizza. I don't think I've ever seen a Tim Jacobus cover art like recreated one for one in the text. Yes, yeah. yes, I want to talk about that. Yes, it's the first time. Yes, I was. I also thought that as I was reading, I was just like, "Whoa, it's the cover! I see it." I can I can look at the cover yeah. right now. Yeah, Brutus is in there also reacting hair standing on the back of his head to the pizza, exactly like Tim Jacobs. Two, paw, two paws on cheeks. This cover this cover is much. Like this it's a this lot. is a wacky this is a wacky Jacobus cover. Hey, how did how did Brent know how to do the math equation? Because oh, he's good at math. <laughs> but he's like lived a feral child's life. Here's the thing, we don't know if Brent knew how to do it. We just knew he was going to help. 
I guess that's true. It didn't say, like, I got the equation right, and then I screamed. It was just my hand was moving on the chalkboard. Right, right. Yeah, he, he, he could have written, like, Dennis or something. Like, it's not... It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true. Right. We didn't. It, we did not know that. And I and I wondered that too, because I would thought it would be kind of cool if it was like, "Wow, you're so smart, Sammy. You got the question right." But we don't even. Again, we just went. We delved right into the psychological terror of Sam in Sam happening in Sammy's mind. So we didn't really get to see what happened with the with the with the question with the math question. These are like similar beats to uh, Haunted Halloween with like Slappy like helping at first and right. then becoming a nuisance and then becoming the final boss. You know what you're. Kevin, I totally think you're right. You're bringing up something that I think in both Haunted Halloween and this that I felt like, maybe just because it's a natural part of the trope, but I feel like I was missing, which is the a moment where the kids who are getting kind of making this metaphorical deal with the devil, either be it Slappy or Invisible Brent, mm-hmm. like actually benefit from the pact, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, I'm a little worried about this, but I will encourage it because... You know, like in in Happy Halloween, mm-hmm. Slappy just fucks up the bullies, and the kids don't even know it. But like the the monkey's paw type story of yeah, like, I, I kept wanting Brent to do something in this book where Sammy was like, "Okay, Brent, you're pretty good. I'm telling you, you are my friend." Again, yes, again, this was like I like. If Sammy had like been like, oh, I can use this invisible kid to my advantage, uh huh, you can hit all of the same beats and have the same problems, right? The same, the same outcomes, but at least have like you said, Chad, have him be doing a deal with the devil and have it backfire on him. The problem is Brent is a suck ass devil. Like he's not <laughs> yeah. very good at granting wishes. <laughs> he's that great Will Ferrell sketch from SNL where he's the devil yeah. and he just teaches some guitar and he's really bad at it. <laughs> yeah. I, I kept having this question of like, I know it has to happen for the convenience of the book, but I kept going like, Brent, why Sammy? Like, yeah, a, it's kind of gets brought into con- contrast, especially where halfway through Sammy's like, I got to get rid of this guy um, as he's bringing him chicken. So he, he, feeds fed, him, he, fed, he feeds him some good fried chicken. It's like good fried is chicken is it's delicious, right? Oh, but you know yeah. what's even better? Roxanne, her parents make even better chicken. Silence. You should go live with Roxanne. He doesn't even like try to like <laughs> let it set for a second. He just goes for it. And then Brett's like, I don't want to be Roxanne's friend. I want to be your friend. I want to be like, why? What is it about this boy that you are obsessed with, Sam? Again, we, we have learned through Sammy's actions that he immediately plays every card he has onto the table. <laughs> but also, like, I mean, this brought up some memories of like clingers in 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 my young life. Oh, yeah. Who I'm like, listen, dude, I don't want to ride bikes with you. <laughs> Uh huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Totally. Abs- absolutely. And and it creates some major problems for him, which Roxanne again major frenemy because he has this mm-hmm. this instance at the chalkboard, and then the instance at home with the messy room, and he's trying to sort shit out, right? And Roxanne yeah. knows about this and hears him talking to the invisible person because he's trying to prove to her that his supposed friend that this thing is tormenting him, right? Mm-hmm. And the next day he shows up to school and Roxanne has told the entire school and they're all fucking ragging on Sammy. They're ripping into him. They're pretending to be talking to invisible friends. They're really, again, really well coordinated, really well coordinated, super well coordinated. So much mm-hmm. so his teacher fucking rags on him and does the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <to him. laughs> yeah. The flash mob that these kids set up is <laughs> fantastic. It's 
It there is total buy-in in this school. Also, is it is it weird that there's never an utterance of the what would be kind of assumed to be the the translation of what's going on of you like imaginary friend until the end at the end at the end that does ha- that does come up Do they say imaginary friend mm-hmm. at the very end at the very uh, end okay Jack. his parents eventually like try to get him to see a, a therapist oh yeah i guess they, they do bring it up there that just that just felt like yeah. the as opposed to brent thinks there's an invisible person he's talking to the slight difference of the I don't know, the heart the Harvey of it all, that old classic Jimmy Stewart movie with the big mm-hmm. invisible rabbit mm-hmm. of like uh-huh. Oh, this guy's just a dreamer. He's just likes to pretend as opposed to this person's crazy. There was almost like a just a jump to that. It's made as a nitpicky. Right, right. Nitpicky thing. And they hinted that a little bit in the beginning too, like when it when he's um called out to do the math problem he is staring off into the distance and as a as a daydreamer uh have suffered that fate many times in my life oh yeah yeah but like i mean i definitely lost in a reverie and then punished by a teacher definitely felt for him there <laughs> and then and then that's when he has the te- the psychological breakdown in the hallway after that so he, he is called out for that briefly but it for the most part people are just making fun of him they're just ragging on this kid and he ends up in the library and this is right before Right before the the haunted house sequence, which I think is, you know, Kevin, we talked about how scary the um, the the math sequence is, but I do think the haunted house sequence was also scary. Yeah, that's my top. Oh, I was kind of bored for the whole haunted. Well, house. we we know what's happening, right? We know we know <laughs> yeah. why it's happening, but the yeah. the actual sequence itself was well, I know it wasn't even scary; it was just child abuse. It was it was it was like a. It was gore porn, right? Children, <laughs> children are actually being strangled. Again, at this point in my mind, Brent is six foot six, has like of mice and men Lenny syndrome, yes, and is yes. just like <laughs> does not know strangling it's these children because it's. But it's you're right, Kevin. It is. It's been set up since the very beginning. This house legend. Where, like, people always know, and even in my mind, I'm like, well, at the very least, we're going to find out that that's where, like, Brent used to live. Yes. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where that's where his parents are, because mm-hmm. he mentioned his parents, so you feel like you're going to find that out. Yeah, the Hedge House is what it's called. And it's, Hedge House. Uh, it's sort of, I feel like it's sort of there to stretch out this book. It is. Honestly. It 100% is. Because it, it, it feels like a little, I mean, it, it's nice that there's, like, a little, um different story inside the story Mm -hmm. it's almost like a mini-sode inside of this story but uh it just doesn't fit it 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 doesn't feel like it belongs there at all it's an excuse to to paint a scary picture right yeah yeah it it, this really most of this book really felt like uh rl painting by numbers Mm -hmm. like we see falling hard on our knees and elbows in here we see we have sour Sour smells. smells like we we get both of those call outs twice and like with the you know with the uh neglectful uh parents and it just sort of feels like he's just doing the like he's doing the like ai uh rl <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's he fed a bunch of books into a <laughs> into an ai and here's what came out uh-huh yeah the fact that sammy's brain like turns off to the entire ghost attack of like, yeah. wow, this is a real ghost. Sammy, you've been dealing with an invisible boy for the entire book. It was just he's such been a, tor- like he's been tormenting you the whole time, Sammy. Come it's on, it's clearly Brent. Like it was just it was such a weird. I don't know the fact that there wasn't even like I would need to have like seen 
a different version of Brent even maybe like he's appearing with ectoplasm or something to even think right that it isn't Brent. Uh, right. So the multiple chapters of poor poor uh Roxanne being like she is choked that the a pillow yep. is taken and she is smothered oh yeah that was hardcore yeah it's fucked <laughs> That's up amazing, yeah and then the weird part is it's not even from a possessive invisible man side of like i was like well at least at the end we're going to find out that that Brent's like oh well i i i went on to kill her so i'd be your only friend no Brent's just like that was a funny joke right no, Brent. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it's 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 so fucked up. I did real quick. We are moving towards the end here. I did really want to touch on this one n- thing that I thought was so fucking real. He's yeah. in the library mm. uh, dealing with <laughs> dealing with the aftermath, and he's trying. He's just trying to have a moment of peace. He's just. <laughs> Sammy just yeah. wants to eat his damn sandwich in peace and live live his damn life <laughs> away from the, the yeah. torment and mocking. Uh, entire flash mob of school that has that has overtaken him, and he's doing that. And then, of course, Brent shows up, starts eating his sandwich, and fucking with him once again. Which is a which is a big uh, like power, like a primal power move. Absolutely. Like if someone uh-huh. if someone else like uninvited eats your food, it turns on something in your lizard brain. Yeah. That is like kill this person. Chat smash <laughs> in RoboCop when the, the the villain when the villain sticks his finger into a glass of wine and then licks it. It is the most aggressive action in that entire movie. Is when he <laughs> when he does that. There's just there's just something in our brains that is like, if you're eating my food, I have to like throw you against the tree. <laughs> Either I yeah. must kill you or I must hot piss. One or the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he, I did love the one little detail though. He talks about being afraid of getting in trouble in there, and he talks about how the one uh, girl in his class, Claire got in trouble in the library and was given 100 book reports to do. 100 <laughs> three-page book reports, and he heard she's only through 20 of them. And I was like, yo, that's some real-ass shit that I, like, remember. You know, like, like when you're younger, you're like, I heard that they have to write book reports for the rest of the, of the year. Like, And uh-huh. I, it just felt very real. I liked that little detail. I thought it was, like, one of those moments where... RL tapped into what I felt was like a real like uh, child myth vibe that uh, yeah. that is that really yeah. occurs in there. But then he he gets in trouble in there. The librarian puts a hand on his shoulder and is like, "Sammy, if you ever need to talk, I am here. I will listen to you. I am here for you, Sammy. <laughs> You're going through some shit, and that's humiliating to him, which I thought was wild. Yeah. Right? Is that this a and maybe maybe true? Like as a kid, maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the other kids are like. Making fun of him now for the invisible thing. Like, this kid has to change schools. Like, honestly, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing for him here. After how bad he fucks up at the Olympics, he trips. That's the only, that's really the only thing that happens. The Olympic thing, I don't know if we yeah. detailed on the podcast, that Brent says kind of out loud during the relay race of the baton, like, I'll help you, I'll make you fly. Which means that as they're running, Brent is going to what, like dirty dancing, like lift him up over uh-huh, his head uh-huh. <laughs> and run. That requires giant strength. Again, incredible strength. And that's why I think he didn't know the answer to the math problem. Because yeah. he's, he's clearly just helping to help. <laughs> uh-huh. And he's bad uh-huh. at everything. I was just kept, I just kept waiting for like there to be some moment of like maybe people are figuring this out too. Because if you're seeing a child, everyone's watching this boy run. He's mm-hmm. in the lead. So mm-hmm. an entire audience attention. If a boy is starting to like 
float off the ground i right. think people would tell but right. i don't know and maybe brent didn't get him off that get him that far off and uh, again again we don't know the physical nature of of sammy and as i were no. swiftly approaching the point where we will talk about that i am sure even if you haven't read this book you know where we're going with this because this is like kevin like you said this is a remix this is a this is a remix <laughs> of all the yep. best rl singles right we we bit we've been here yeah we've been we should here before. say right before that very ending we should say probably maybe the first time I think the book has gone anywhere mm-hmm. is that Sammy is being sent to a mental institution seems to be they are sending him off to a farm and here's where Simon truly sucks and truly is <laughs> is a, is a bad child is mm. Sammy, whose parents finally have begun to pay attention to the obvious issues that he is having, although they're uh, mm. albeit missing <laughs> missing his 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 uh, description for why it's happening. But they are missing that, and they're like, "We're taking you to see a doctor. It's going to be good for you. You're going to be able to talk things out." Again, dealing with mental health in a very healthy way in this book. Uh, but mm. Simon says, "No, father, you must pause, brothers. Brothers, help." <laughs> I have a fourth grade science project to attend to. Please halt everything for me. To yeah. which the dad, to which the dad swiftly is like, "Shut the fuck up, Simon. Go measure your fucking fingernails by yourself, and we'll see you later. Your brother's feeling sick." <laughs> I thought I remember. See, that's so funny. In my mind, the way things have been going, and the parents had loved Simon. Uh-huh. That, that I thought, if you'd asked me, the parents said, "Okay, we can delay it a night." Like uh-huh. I thought, I thought they said. I thought for sure they're going to be like, sure. You know what? Our our other child's good science future is more important. I, I actually read their response the first time as that Chad, and then I had to go uh-huh. back and reread it. I was like, okay, no, they didn't do that. Thank God. Okay, they shut it down. No, they um, shut it down. that's that's maybe not like going to get mental help is not scary. The way it was like described to me, where the parents were just listening, I'm like. This is the 90s. They are going to take him to a facility where where he is not listened to, and they just inject him right, with drugs. Right, Like, yes. that's how I was picturing the dark fate of, yeah. of yeah. Sammy. Um, is it, to go straight, does it go straight into our climax here? I think so. Does, any, does anything else really happen in that part? It's just more of the same, right? So Sammy's last-ditch effort is, okay, Right. I'll go to the doctor, but let me use the molecule detection light and mm-hmm. shine it on uh, Brett. And his parents are like, okay, but then you're going in the car. And uh, Roxanne's there too for some reason. And <laughs> <laughs> Roxanne's like, I want to see the, I want to see him off. Yeah. Well, I think she's like, I want to see the ghost video. Uh, that you took. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. So they shine the molecule detection light onto the invisible boy. And then everyone's characters change completely for this next scene. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> they all say, it's a monster. Yep. And that's a cliffhanger. Oh no, a monster. An invisible monster masquerading as a boy. How scary. What a twist. Well, that's great. End of story. That was, that was a great way to end it. Uh, very creepy. Yeah. We don't, we don't have to go into detail about what happens next. Nope. Book's over. Book ended be, there. That would be fine there. <laughs> That would have been fine. Um, but, but no, but no. Yep, Sammy's dad kills it with a shotgun. That's how it ends. 
Sammy's dad fires wildly into the closet. No one's up, no one is upset. It was an abomination. It deserved to die. As soon as it dies, the invisibility cuts out, so you just see all of the viscera and gore mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. all of like in like burn after reading, just splattered across the closet. Uh-huh. Yep. And everyone breathes a sigh of relief. Okay, so monsters. Um <laughs> I forget how exactly they do it. They describe Brent as a monster, mm-hmm. and as Sammy as the narrator was is like he's he had two legs and two arms, mm-hmm. and like he's just he's like oh he's describing a normal human boy. And then in a very natural way, the parents and siblings are all going, but where are his tentacles and where are his his spindly things? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's <laughs> hair growing out the top of his head. How mm-hmm. gross! Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, RL has rather cleverly, uh, pulled one over on us, uh, dear listeners. Uh, turns out we were in Monster World the whole time. The whole time, where they eat very normal monster meals, such as spaghetti with green beans. <laughs> the signs were there. The, the, that, see, that's what pisses me off, right? It's like, at least leave or have like hints right like have like hints yeah. scattered throughout so that when we can look back at it and go like oh cool that was weird i just thought it was weird because the fa- the family was weird or something like that you know like yeah like have some like uh calvin and Hobbes, like the green goo that my parents make me eat every night you know yes. like some stuff like by that. the yeah. store to buy mice and you assume it's for the pet snake i don't know right you know, right it, yes Give me something like that. Give me some, like, fuck with me a little bit. But no, it's just, it's straightforward. It was just that they were monsters. and But they they live in a completely human world with completely human things all around them. But they do say that humans are an endangered species. So in my idea, the world has overheated. It's too hot for humans. That's why this kid is always hot. And they're living in the the left out uh, shell and husk that humanity has left behind. I, I like that. I was thinking that too, Paul. That 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 last line has to imply that there is because he says my parents Brent's like, my parents turned me invisible so no one would see me. Right. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, so that must mean that like any and when the parents say there's an endangered species, we know who humans are. Mm-hmm. That must mean mm-hmm. that like a great war happened. Yes. And I am an I am legend of some sort. Yes. Uh occurred mm-hmm. and and the humans lost the war. Right. Right. Know, this is this is a quiet place uh fifteen. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's this is well down the line. So when the better part of when the best part of the story takes place in your own imagination, <laughs> I don't think that's a good <laughs> Uh-huh. No, the, no, that's when, not good. Yeah, yeah. When the vast majority of the work has to be done afterwards, without without any sort of concrete or even like semi concrete details allowing us to start to come up with these conclusions, we had to get purely creative for this to come up with the best parts of this book. My my problem with this ending is it seems easy to just say their monsters end on a twist, but knowing RL. To do that, he probably had to go back and remove all physical descriptions of characters from the work, which probably necessitated the whole haunted house Mm minisode in the middle of it. To add back in, you think? Yeah. That twist kind of required a lot of work to be really stupid. (laughs) Well, and the greatest thing, Kevin, now this is an issue with you not having been here since the beginning. This is literally the same ending as Welcome to Camp Nightmare. Uh, I feel like we've done this ending in 
I feel, I feel like this isn't even the only ending. It isn't the it isn't the only ending like this, but this is the same exact ending because I believe in the ending of uh, Camp Nightmare. It's also like one boy on an alien planet, right? Yeah, they're 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 aliens, I believe, that are going to like head to Earth. I thought that's what it is. They're all aliens. Everybody's aliens. That's what it was. I'm sorry. I, yeah, so while this might be, like, slightly different, I remember my immediate, the reason why I, I messaged you guys both on Discord, like, fuck this book, was <laughs> this thing, I feel like this twist has happened ten times now, yes. at least. It really yes. feels that prevalent, and it's a good twist. I loved it when it was in the original what? Twilight Zone. It was uh-huh. a really fucking good twist. Uh-huh. He can't, he can't oh. keep doing it. He can't keep getting away with it. He can you can't, you can't keep getting away with it. I don't think it's a good twist, honestly. I, not in this book, it's not a good twist, but in it can be a good twist. I don't even think it can. <laughs> I've yet to see it. I've yet to be the, like, wow. The Twilight Zone episode I'm referring to, Kevin, have you seen that one? Eye of the Beholder? No. Yeah, Eye of the uh, Beholder, no. right? The general, Paul, remember, the general premise is like, there's this you know world of of kind of like pig-faced people. Mm-hmm. And mm. I don't even remember how they hide the reveal for so long. I can't remember how they do it, but, but like, yeah, essentially, the one person who's human and beautiful thinks that they're the monster, and you find mm-hmm. out the whole world's pig, pig people, and it's 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 just Planet of the Apes, guys. It's just Planet of the pretty Apes. much. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. It's bad, Kevin. It's bad. We all, I think, <laughs> we can all Bob. agree that this was a very phoned-in book, an incredibly phoned-in book. And it just, it's just, it's, again, it, it's pulling from all the things that RL knows work, right? And it just puts them all together. But when you, you can take all the best parts of something and put it into one thing, doesn't mean it's going to be good. Right. Because it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't good. It's, I, I genuinely like, you know, Kevin, you were like maybe half joking when you said the book ends just the reveal of the monster. But no, that would be a better... Let's make it an actual like horror ending of like okay he's a terrifying monster it was it was dumb for Sammy to assume he would also be a human boy mm-hmm. and then he's like well since you can see me I'll eat you now or like whatever like just let it turn let it turn dark as mm-hmm. opposed to waka waka <laughs> <laughs> and yet we are all here hot pissing away the waka waka. <laughs> 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 I I wonder how much my, my how much is like you know kids especially thinking about you know you hear people talk about like goosebump books like oh man the twists were always so crazy or maybe mm-hmm. that's the marketing of people telling you how to talk about <laughs> right. talk about goosebump books and was it really just this that's what I'm saying while I was reading this book and I swear I've asked myself this question on the podcast before but I truly was going did this work on me as a kid I remember. And I didn't read this, reread this book for this podcast. I missed the episode. I remember uh, uh, Horrorland truly getting me, truly scaring me, and, mm-hmm. the, and the twist truly scaring me. I'm sad that I should re- go reread it on my own because I need to experience it and see if it does hold up in any capacity. We should just revisit, Paul. We should because two two people, Kevin, you haven't reread One Day at Horrorland, have you? No, no. One day at Horrorland Redux. We're announcing it now. I we need to do a Redux. Yeah. I need to reread that book because I because that one I remember it worked on me. So yeah. I want to right. I want to know if it was any good. No, that's a good ending one. Right. I like that one. It's not a you were reading the book wrong the whole time. It's just right. a good solid uh, way to to bait the story continues. Yeah, 
I I wonder if the twists were a marketing tool because back when you couldn't just look shit up on the internet, like knowing a thing was worth a damn. Right. So you if you were the kid who knew the twist, you could kind of smugly lord that over True. other kids being like being like, hey, dude, you're going to love the twist at the end of this one. It's wild. You're never going to see it coming. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I like that you affected a little bit of like a SoCal <laughs> accent for that. It's fucking wild. My bruh. Bruh. <laughs> bruh. But even as we're talking about, like, I don't remember ever having a conversation with friends about the twists particularly. Like, people going, oh, those are scary. And me going, no, they're good. You should read them. Like, ne- never being a thing of, like, you will believe what happens at the end of this book. I, I-, I don't think I ever discussed any Goosebumps book with anybody ever. <laughs> I, think, I think I purely only read Goosebumps books because other kids were also reading them and they looked scary from the covers. That's purely why I read them. You just kept your, your discoveries deep inside deep of inside you. of me. They were mine. My world. world. It was my world. My internal world. Is Tim world. Jacobus just like 95% responsible for Goosebumps' success? I think so. I mean. We're never going to have RL on this podcast. It's fine. We can say it. We can get Tim on here. I'd love to get Tim. Tim. Tim Jacobus. You're amazing. We love you. You're very good. I think you, we, I think you made this book series, Tim Jacobus. I think this. I think you are the one who did this. Mm-hmm. Tim, I think the cover to uh, My Best Friend is Invisible is a little much. <laughs> Maybe I would have put the paws on the cat's face. Yeah, a little too ca- yeah, a little too cartoony for me. I'm sorry. So not not the best work, but B minus. But in the in the pantheon of true classics, it's it's okay. Mm. It's okay to have one or two that are just okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you gotta take some swings and misses. I am legit curious to know if the pizza scene was adapted from the cover or if the cover was adapted from the pizza scene i i still more and more stand by my theory or our theory that the the tim jacobus would do the covers based on the title Mm -hmm. that rl had and nothing else Mm -hmm. and then rl would take that and go well i couldn't maybe use that scene or not right and then he would just kind of write around that and then they also were just kind of working independently of each other the covers were just this own thing that's a cool workflow. I kind of do that with uh, with with my musician Joe when I make games. Is like, but Kevin, you're like good at you're good at that. I mean, I'm not saying the workflow is the problem. No, I'm just true. it's interesting to sort of reverse engineer the workflow. Like RL comes up with the title because we know he comes up with the title first. Right. Title goes to Tim Jacobus. He makes the art. RL looks at the art and either disregards what is happening in the art <laughs> or uh-huh. goes with it. Right. Right. Most of the time, he, I feel like he, I, I never would have thought that would be the rhythm to it. I would have thought like they were both working independently or whatever after the title comes out. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's how it went. But like, I maybe Tim like submitted this early and I was like, oh, I could do a pizza scene. Maybe. Mm-hmm. What if, what if this is the one where they like, they did it independently like normal. And then they like, you yeah. know, Tim sends his artwork over as, as RL like kind of publishes his first draft, his only mm-hmm. draft to his publisher. Mm-hmm. And they said like, mm-hmm. dude, did you? Did you know I was doing a cat with a pizza? He's like, no. Did you know? I'm like, no. Well. This was the weird synchronicity. The one time it <laughs> I love that. I love that this was the one beautiful moment that they came together over this terrible, <laughs> yeah. terrible book. Our dads. Our dads came together. Yeah. A, lo- a lower tier book for sure. Uh, there was a moment. There was a moment of like, I think you guys already said it. The 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 possess- Kevin, the way you said like you're possess- the possessive friend that you don't really want to hang out with either because mm-hmm. you can't you're not going to be like super mean to a kid and tell him to get lost right it's hard yeah yeah or like you feel feel for him because they're you know 
a little bit uh, lonely. There's and hey, you're a little bit lonely yourself, and you understand what it's like, and you want to yeah, help somebody else. Yeah, empathy. Yeah. yeah, but so the empathy is a not a burden. That sounds way too much. But the empathy is this like thing that kind of connects you to this person, where they become this like bearing on your life. As a right. kid, it's not a big deal. What? Right? Like you got to invite them to your birthday party. And it's a little embarrassing. Whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. I liked mm. for a second or so in this book, I'm like, oh, RL's really hitting this kind of like fear-based level of a thing a kid might be able to relate to of the overly possessive friend. Yeah. Who, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and then it kind of just threw that all out the window for what a twist. Fuck it. Stupid book. Stupid book, <laughs> dumb book. We're done with this one. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a bumps and a buds. Yeah, that's a bumps and a buds. That's a bumps and a buds. That's a that's a boost. And normally it's a boost. It's a boost. Uh, I I think normally we would try to normally we would try to come up with a better ending, but I think Kevin you already nailed it. Shotgun blast to monster's face. Shotgun blast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. Yes. Shotgun blast to monster's face and then if RL's like I need another twist in there. Go. Okay, they did it and then uh a special car with an alarm shows up and like we are the endangered monsters protection yes! group. Yes. You you guys shot and killed a rare invisible monster. You're all going to jail. I love that. And then Sammy's dad says, "Oh no, we're not going to jail." And he raises his shotgun, and that's how it ends. <laughs> I love it. Over my hot piss. He's firing blast. Meanwhile, he's just streaming out through his like open pants. Just oh my god, he's dual wielding. Follow the steam. You can see the steam in the, in the tall corn. <laughs> the steam had revealed Brent's location. Oh my uh, uh, This has been this has been a goosebuds, boys. Thank you once again for being my friend. Um, If you like this podcast and want to support the show, you can get access to bonus episodes every month, our very cool Discord, and vote on what we read uh, next time on patreon.com slash goosebuds. It's a real, real rad way. It's it's a real rad way to live. We're we're down to three classic goosebumps. Oh! That's all we got. Oh! Down to three. But we do have an extra now. Now that we've announced it, the redux of Welcome to Harland will be done. Yes. We will have to do that. So we will add one more of the classic. But then we're going on to 2000, and from what Cry the Cat showed us, we might have some fun stuff in store for us in the 2000 series. Totally. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, to reiterate again, because I really appreciate it, that people were like, you guys stopping the podcast? Or do you get to fit? No, we're not stopping the podcast. We're running Goosebump books. We have well, as long as people uh, hashtag save Goosebuds. Hashtag we will be save able to... It's true. It's true because people hashtag saved Goosebuds as much as they did, which I don't think was very much. <laughs> <laughs> we got like one. We got like it's a good thing Goosebuds isn't actually in danger because we got one hashtag save Goosebuds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but because but because someone did that, we got we added one more podcast. Uh-huh. On and if- that, was, that, gave, that was the piece of wall chicken that gave us the extra hit point. <laughs> <laughs> no, we will be covering uh, Goosebumps 2000, Fear Street. The, we know that this is the Fear Street Netflix movies coming out this summer. Thank you all for sending us links to that. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Slappy's World, whatever. There's a ton of stuff because RL's empire is vast and expansive. Yeah. And will outlive us all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just brimming with the hottest piss mm-hmm. <laughs> you could in the 2000 series you can really you can really feel the hot piss coming through in those books mm-hmm. every book is wet <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm gonna go work on my pc muscles so i can really work on my piss stream i'll uh 
I'll see you guys later. Yeah, me too. I got to go take a hot piss after that book. <laughs> okay, I'll spot Chad so he doesn't scream. So. Oh, what a true friend. All right, see you guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. This episode of Goosebuds is brought to you by Patreons like yourself. No, wait, wait, they're not all Patreons. What am I saying? Not everybody's Patreon. <laughs> I you mean, should, they are, technically. Well, you should be like a Patreon. You're a patron of listening, but you want to be a patron of paying money to keep this show alive. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag save Goosebuds. Now we read from the Book of Names. Say the first name, Paul. The first name is Stefan Jive Turkey Kuwabara. The second name is Hollis Hornby. The third name and the last name that I will number is Cameron Murphy Audio. Numbers are banished now. Michael McDowell. David Cron. Josh Robertson. Would love to keep doing that voice. Killing my voice. Mickey C. Nathan Dolezal. Clayton C. Period. Mike Lanteri. Buddy Morrill. Alicade. Mel Dipson. Jim Greaves. Zenki. Afshin. Danky McStanky. Aaron T. Stroke. Tango Twist. Victor. Brian Wells. Zentacles. Stealth Bates. Abaka McWilliams. Joseph Miranda. Patrick Reynolds. Scott Colopy. Robert Moon. Jason Crooker. Junkie Clay Castle. Miguel Pardo. Christina Doling. The third Sergio. Low belly. Hate me. Chaos. Matthew the Necro. Fan mail Namicon. Sniggy. Reinfected. Maddie. Ishak Arafat. Gregory D. Warren. Alan Saylor. Sam Hash. Cody Redfield. Are you ready for Resident Evil 8, Cody Redfield? Do you guys feel like you say the same names the same way every time and you can't help yourself even when you try to do a funny voice? I say some names the way you guys say them because it's the only way I know. (laughs) I can't stop it, Rich Elborn. Help us. Bradford Coulter. Aiden Alexander Dace. Jar Jar Slinks. Joshua Jacobwitz. Justin Wagman. (laughs) Chosen One. Good switch up there, Paul. Thanks. I I really had to try. Cardboard Walk. Leave it, Than. Jonas Blatterman. Up in Champ. Jonas Engman. I like that we have multiple Jonases. Me too. Alicia Grave. I've never said it that way. I've never, ever said it that way. I will never say a name again that way. Trent Davis. Moloyster. Garl. Hey, Paul, pause for a second. I gotta get something off my chest. I think I love broccoli. Chooch! The John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Joe Gorbin. Elusive Koala. Yadi Makovina. <laughs> yeah, maybe if we just say it weird. Space Tiger. Paul Grasso. Trans Rights. Brooks. Corey Shelley. Jesus Christ. I'm doing it like always. Christian Vanskever. I always say it that way. Drew Applegate. Taylor Dierks. Joe, remember to save early and often. Scott, never said it that way before. Jeremy Lowe. Brian Hodgood. Slumlord. Onion. Joe. Trendy moron. Jordan Lockwood. Foolish for Deborah. Zach Cotter. Patreon underscore donator, comma, yo. Joe, spooky, digital, ghost, tyranny. Connor Church. 
Vincent Moldiga. Luke Noodles, but Noodles with a K, but the K is typically silent in that combination of letters. Hugh Bolin. Tom Witham. Zam Bam. Bino. Nicholas Johnson. Kevin Hamilton. Andrew. Keep up the good work, everyone. Jadson. Lord Cornwallis. Elizabeth Steen Wegg. Carta Mom. Burke and Bino. Andrew Evans. John the Howling Eye. Do Da. Nathan Remick. Nick it again. Devaldi. This is how we lose all of our patrons. <laughs> I know. They're all like, why did you say my name so fucking weird? Some cool chads are cool and not frat chads, you see? I like that cadence. That's good. Go on, cahoots. Super Nintendo Chalmers. Never said it that way. Sean Manogu. Thanks, Sean Manogu. Don't leave us. <laughs> I'll say this one normal. Read Stupid Dank. Wormtown Glen. Wormtown Glen is so funny. Oh, that's me. Wiggle it. Joey Evans. John Pigeon Hat Barber. Carewise Gamgee. Paul, watch out. Slink is behind you. Chip Handsome. Matt MC Lellen. Stinklitch. Swaggy Yolo Squire. Cameron Hansen. Alex Moon, the robotic dog? General! Lee, depressing. E, to, no, mo, re. Sarakim. Tanya Turtle. Chili Dish. Gambino. Yeah. Ben Buhan. Brant. Dan. Chris Pittman is a bone wizard. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you. Boz Gerritsen. Hey, Eric, it's going to be all right. You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job, Eric. Adam, you goofed. One jalapeno. Muscle bear. Jonas and Boltson, one of our wonderful Jonases. Calamity Carl. Wind dragons rule. A germ juice. Keith Alcro. Dakota Campion. <laughs> Chris Haunted Pajama Boner Nelson. I don't think I've read. That's a new one. And I didn't. That took me back to a place. Oh, yeah. I've been there. Timothy Misadalakis. Yes. Clay McCarty. Nick Johnson. Matthew Stevens. Parker Lee. Stephen Day. Ham underscore boat. Get aboard my boat. Come jizzerette is a fun pun, but I don't know a good place to use it. Come jizzerate? Come jizzerate. Come jizzerate. Like, like, like commiserate. Oh, my like, God. Nice. Oh, my God. Caden <laughs> Franklin. Raymond Hernandez. This night at the Funny Bone. Flebbly. The Crow Fens. Matthew Sutton. Ryan Carroll. Jeremy Bowser. Patrick Murphy. No relation. Megan McCormick. Mason. Kelsey Kinnaman. Gingerbread Men. We're doing SNL. Hood Lemon. <laughs> Hood Lemon. Carter Glass. Chase! Lee Wood! Russell Kastberg! Javier Jimenez! And Brendan Arafin! Liam Neeson's down? Chris Putricus! Jeffrey Owen! Call he is how I always say it! Got little old moi, pretty freaked. The foundation of the Chicago Bulls. Scotty Pippen. Sunset Streak. Knee at Virginia. Grammaticus God. Seize the Allspark. Jimmy So. Peanutburg. Level 69. Adam Muth. Dungeon Kappa. McHamster. Zach Weir. Tamid Munir. Elliot Thompson III. Moon Juice. Alan G. Just some person. Tobias Clark. Michael Kupka. <laughs> Don't know, Chad. Julian Lamendia. Sorry. 
don't have a cool voice for you. Kelly the Barbarian? Brendan Neal. Andrew Villanueva? You're telling me Cody Selman? Robert Allen Cook III is localized in your kitchen? Esta Mena is the Lord of Paul's pants? Did you get the pants, Esta Mena? No, Esta Mena, I don't think, oh, I have them. I, I need an address. You better Esta make Mena. sure your pants are still there. Let me know, where, well, now that we're out of the pandemic, I can send you the pants, Esta Mena. Yeah, he just needs the address for the uh, pants. Mike Spaghetti Jones. The David Boy. The Kenny M. Read Dr. Diarrhea. Uh, accentuated X's on underscores. <laughs> Epic Gamer 420 and 69. Outgoing out, out accentuated underscore and X's Smith. Kieran McNamara. Diet Soda. One Quiggly Jones. Chris. Jackai Ledoux. Coleman Laguza. Zachary Roberts? Mark. Sad Star now? 69. Pauli Shore. 311. Ross Short. Levi Kidder. Dakota Count. Bryce. Do you worry? We're in a zone. I want to say we're in a zone where there are no preconceived notions of what these names should sound like. So we're, <laughs> <laughs> we, we're free to roam here. Matthew Brittado. Uh, Steven. Wagmar Wigmer. And welcome to the Book of Names, the Carb Son. Son of carbs, born of bread. Welcome, Luke Allen. And welcome, Matt Skelleman. Welcome to the Book of Names. Now, long-time listeners to the Book of Names, you may have noticed some slight deviations in the pronunciation <laughs> of your names. Uh, we apologize for that, but as you know, Goosebuds is dying, and we need you to save Goosebuds. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone here is already doing their part, but we just need everyone in general we, to save we, Yeah, we need help saving Goosebuds. We put a ley line of toothpaste around, but we think it has thrown weird energies into the Book of Names, which is why we were unable to read the Book of Names as normal. Yeah. Again, we will need you to help us save Goosebuds. Go to your nearest pastor and say, hashtag save Goosebuds. Please, please, get involved. Let the world know, save Goosebuds, hashtag save Goosebuds. Flypaper. The work of the people. Owned by the people. Supported by the people. Visit flypaper.fm.